Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Good morning, Christian Faith. Say good morning, Christian Faith. I have the honor and the privilege of bringing the word uh, to close out the month. And I believe that God wants to do miracles, signs, and wonders. I believe God wants to do miracles, signs, and wonders. A few days ago, um, I, was, I was really, really going after God and seeking the Lord's face. And uh, I had got off social media for a week, something I had never done up until that point. For those of you that don't know, it's kind of it's my job. And uh, I said, God, you know, I, me and my wife had been talking. And it was like, in order for you to go somewhere you've never gone, you got to do something you've never done. And so I just began to, you know, lock myself in the house, bought a few books, because I needed to be encouraged. And all of the words that have gone forth from Bishop, I mean, they have been on time. How many of you know that? that pastors and ministers can deal with anxiety in their mind. They can deal with doubt in their mind. They can, they can deal with things that the enemy tries to accuse them of in order to delay them from getting to their destination or, or destiny, as we say in the church. So Bishop had been preaching on having a sound mind, mental health, having a sound mind, having the, the peace of God, having the mind of Christ, and then a few Wednesdays ago, I went to Calvary Church to visit a friend of mine. He was ministering in from New York, and he ministered on having a sound mind. And uh, then a few days, or the next day, I had, I just been in the Word. I've just been reading the Word and studying the Word and praying three, four times a day. It's really, really getting back to what I know I need to be doing in order for me to hear from God. You ever, you ever felt like you just, like, God, I, I'm saved. I ain't living foul, but God, I need a word. I, I, I need you to speak to me. I, I, need you to, I need you to sit down in this car with me as I'm driving to the grocery store, and I need you to give me clear and concise direction on the next six to 12 months of my life because right now I, I feel like I'm just stuck. I feel like I'm, I'm doing all the right things. I'm saying all of the right things. I'm being nice to the people of God. I'm, I'm seeking your face. I'm serving in ministry. God, I've, I've done all of these things, but this one thing that I desire of the Lord. I said, God, I'm going to seek your face. And, and I've been frustrated about, you know, the way things have been going in my life and, and you know, companies that don't want to pay you on time. And those of you that are entrepreneurs, you know what I'm talking about. And... Uh, <laughs> And I was like, God, I, I, I need a move. Then I, I listened to a message by Bishop T.D. Jakes called, Tomorrow Belongs to God. And I was like, wow, I'm sitting up here worrying about things that, that God already has in control. So I said, why don't I just focus on the miracle that God wants to do today? And, and God, I'm going to just give you the rest. That's when people say, or pastors like to say, when you've come to the end of yourself, 
when you come to, to the realization that I really can't solve the issues that I've created. So I might as well go to the, the one who has all the answers. And God gave me this word. He led me to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. If you have your Bibles, grab your Bibles. Mark chapter 9. We're going to read some scripture. I'm going to be reading from the ESV. But before we go there, as you grab your Bibles, Mark chapter 9, we're going to start at verse 14. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, I pray that you fall fresh on me. I pray that you would use me for your glory. I pray that you would speak through me the mysteries of the kingdom. God, let me declare the word that you've given me to minister to your people and let it hit them the way it's hit me, God. Let it penetrate the hearts of your people. Let it pierce their ears. As the word says, he that has an ear, let him hear. Faith comes by hearing. So God, I pray that their faith is strengthened by this word. I pray that after this word, they, they will realize and recognize that they can accomplish what it is that you've placed and purposed in their heart to do. I pray that they would leave here and understand that they are not alone. That they do not have to doubt themselves. They do not have to listen to the voices of people who oppose the word of God for them. I pray that their hearts will be transformed and molded to be like yours. I pray that their ear be more keen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. God, do what only you can do. Do what only you can do. I decrease so that you can increase, not just in me, but in them. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's just stand. You don't have to read with me, but follow along with me. Mark chapter 9. We're going to read some scripture. After I get to my talking point, then I'll have you sit down. But like Bishop said, if I got to stand up, y'all going to stand. Amen. Mark chapter 9, verse 14, and the Bible says in the ESV, And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them, and scribes arguing with them. And immediately, somebody say immediately, all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you. For he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out. And they were not able. 
And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. Verse 20. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy and fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. That's such a great answer. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, somebody say immediately. The father of the child cried out and said, I believe help my unbelief you may have your seats the topic of today's teaching is lord i believe help my unbelief lord i believe help my unbelief those of us that have been in church for a little while anybody like me you've been in church all your life you've heard probably 17,000 messages on faith. Faith and belief and faith comes by hearing and faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We've heard these things before. But sometimes you can hear things over and over and over and it doesn't really stick. It doesn't really, doesn't really take deep root in your heart and in your life until you come to a place where you're like, hold on, hold on, let me, let me go back and let me read this again. Because God, I, God, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. I, I don't think we truly comprehend how vital and important faith and belief is in our walk with Christ. Hebrews 11.6 says it like this, and without faith, it is what? Impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those, King James says, who diligently seek him. For we know by faith, it is impossible, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Jesus tells them, you faithless generation. Now, you have to take yourself out of your shoes and try to put yourself in that particular time period and culture to understand that Jesus was about 30-ish years old when he said this to these folks. You faithless generation. He's talking to his peers. You faithless generation. How long am I to bear with you? How long do I have to be here and y'all still don't have no faith? 
Jesus may be saying that to you. You faithless generation. How, 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 many, how many more times do I have to save you? How many more times do I have to bring you out of that situation that you got yourself in? How many more times do I have to show you over and over and over and over again that I'm a miracle-working God? How many times do I have to keep proving myself that I am who I say I am? I'm, I am the God who changeth not. How many times? Jesus gives a master class on faith in these verses. Because he gives a solution to a problem before it even presents itself. Jesus gives the father of the child the answer to what he's looking for before the father even tells Jesus what's going on. He says, uh, Jesus, yeah, I brought my boy to your disciples to get this demon out of my son, but they couldn't do it. Now, you have to understand that in this particular day and age, the scribes and the Pharisees, uh, they, they were very, very, very uh, hard on their orthodoxy. That is their doctrine, what they believe, the doctrine of why they believe what they believe. And it was difficult for the disciples to get this demon out of this boy because in this, in this particular time, demons would always, they would, they would say, who are you? And the demon would I am whatever, whatever. And they would, it would manifest. It would tell them who, who they were. But this demon gave the boy a mute spirit. So he couldn't say anything. So it's kind of hard to call something out when you don't know what the name is. That'll preach right there. Some of y'all are fighting stuff you don't know the name to. And you've been going to all the wrong people trying to get help instead of going to the one that has the solution to your problem. I know it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt before it get good. So the disciples couldn't do it. So then the father sees Jesus coming down with several others because Jesus had went up in the transfiguration in Mark chapter nine and says after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up on a high mountain uh, by themselves and he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white on earth uh, uh, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses. Jesus takes with him Peter, James and John, leads him up to a mountain and they see something they ain't never seen before. Peter, James, and John, that's three, all right? So the rest of the disciples are back in the town, arguing and bickering with the scribes. So Peter is frustrated because Peter didn't want to leave what he just saw. Jesus, do you realize what, what we just saw you Gee, gee I, don't, I don't know if you know what you just did. Jesus is like, no, we have to go back down. We got, we got some business to handle. And Peter was frustrated. Then when they see that the disciples are arguing with the scribes, Jesus is like, see, this is why we should have stayed up there, because we wouldn't have to be dealing with these people, these religious folks. I always want to talk about, I'm blessed and highly favored, but they cuss, they lie, they steal. We're trying, they're trying to provide deliverance 
And the scribes are like, see, you couldn't even do it. Look at you. Look at you. While the scribes are at fault themselves, because if, you, if your doctrine is so tight, why didn't you perform the exorcism? Hmm. He says, what are you arguing about with them? Someone from the crowd, teacher, someone from the crowd happened to be the father. Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, somebody say, and when the spirit saw him, when the spirit recognized that Jesus was there, watch this. When the spirit recognizes that Jesus is in the presence, he begins to try to do everything he possibly can to do as much damage in as little time because he knows what? His time is up. And I, I'm about to preach already. I came to encourage you that the reason why so much hell has been breaking out in your life, the reason why so many things have been breaking down in your life, the reason why you feel like you've been fighting more battles than you've ever fought is because your demons and those devils and those things that are fighting against you, for we know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, powers, rulers of weakness, and high places. They know that their time is up. So let me see if I can jack them up as quickly as possible to see if they will lose their belief. Because Jesus is close. Jesus is close. So I, I, I have to do as much as I possibly can to get them to no longer have faith in the one who's done so many other things for them. When they brought him to him, the demon tries to do everything he can. He begins to roll on the ground, foaming at the mouth. He's convulsing. He's doing all these crazy things. And, and Jesus said, uh, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter into him again. He says, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying, convulsing him terribly, the demon came out. Watch this. And the boy was like a corpse. And the boy was like a corpse so that the people around it, because it's a crowd now. The people around him are like, now you didn't got the demon out, but now he did. What was the point of doing all that if you were just going to let the boy die? Something like church folks, boy. You get your breakthrough. Yeah, but his foot crooked now. But he's walking. Give Jesus a second. Because the miracle's not over yet. You shut your mouth. You stop bickering, you stop gossiping, you stop complaining and watch Jesus work. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. Then we fast forward. 
Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. Jesus gives the man the answer before the miracle ever happens. Jesus tells him, all things are possible to the one who believes. You don't get a miracle without believing God for it. You don't get a breakthrough without first believing that God can break through. You don't get deliverance without first believing that God is the God who delivers. This commercial was brought to you by. <laughs> now watch this. We've gone through this story, but, but the father says something that I think we need to pinpoint because I find myself like this, and I'm pretty sure many of you may have found yourself in this predicament as well. All things are possible to the one who believes. But the father says, he says God, I believe but help my unbelief. Why? I believe because you're in my presence, but help my unbelief because I'm looking at the reality of my situation. God, I got faith, but I'm, I'm, staring, at, I'm staring at Big Mama laying in this hospital bed. God, I got faith, but the doctor said she only has three months left to live. God, I have faith, but but these gas prices are just ridiculous, and I can't afford me a Tesla yet. Um, God, you're going to have to do something. I believe, but, but God, we don't have any more room in this house, and, and food is scarce, and the world is unpredictable, and I don't know about my job situation and my job security. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. You, you've been saved for... 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years. And you've seen what God can do for your life, but you are still like the Father. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Immediately, 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 the Father cried out. And in my walk with God, I find myself like this father. Maybe you find yourself like this father. Maybe, maybe you have been believing God for miracles. Maybe, maybe you've been believing God for whatever it is, you name it. Whatever it is, you, you write it down on your notepad if you're taking notes. Or whatever that thing is, maybe you've been believing God. And, and you're on the brink of giving up. It's like, like, God, what's the point of this whole faith thing? Like, it's easy for you to have faith for other people, and you can pray for other people, and you've seen what God can do for other people, but sometimes the enemy likes to accuse you and, and get in your brain and, and cause you to forget what God has done for you. So it's easy for us to have faith for other people, but it's difficult for us to have faith for ourselves. Because sometimes faith is suffering. Sometimes you have to suffer with your faith. Sometimes there's a longing in your soul, there's an aching in your heart for that one thing that you've been praying, that you've been asking, that you've been seeking God for. Maybe you got discouraged and maybe you stopped praying after three years. Maybe you stopped praying after six months because you, you just thought God was like a genie in a bottle. God, I prayed three times this week. I mean, I, if you don't give me the answer now, I, I don't, I'm going to have to leave the faith. 
Anybody, anybody, can we be honest? Can we be honest? Hands raised. If we, if we can be honest, let me see your hand. We can be honest. Um, any, I'm a little crazy. So if this is not you, then this is not you. But anybody give God an ultimatum? <laughs> Look, I got one honest. Thank you. I'm, we, I'm right with you. It's, it's funny because we started watching uh, the show the other day. My wife hates it already. Uh, the Ultimatum on Netflix. Anybody seen that? It's really stupid. Uh, these couples, this, is, this all ties in. These couples that have been together for long, periodically times. You'll catch that joke on your way home. They've been together for a long time, and they, they tell, whether it be the, the, the boyfriend or the fiance or whatever, they're just boyfriends, right, Lexus? Help me out. Yeah, it's just boyfriend and girlfriends. They've been dating for years. Red flag. Um, <laughs> y'all crazy they've been dating for years and I mean like years not two because like two that's kind of not three but like years all right uh, whole college careers bachelor masters and doctorate like bruh y'all ain't married yet whole lot of fornication going on um, anyways some some saints don't believe in that anymore uh, but uh-oh, don't make me linger there. I feel like a holiness preacher. But, but they've been together for a long time. And then the girlfriend may, may say, I'm giving you an ultimatum. And they go on this show. <laughs> they go on this show. It, it may be the boyfriend, like, man, she needs to, she needs to commit to me. I want to have a family. I want to, like, we've been dating for seven years. Like, what's good? Like, come on. Like, Girl, you know, take this ring and give me some babies. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, this, is what, this is what they're saying. And some of these uh, things that they're asking for from the spouse, they've, they've never really taken the time to communicate. I, I just, I learned all this in one episode. And so then they go to the show and they, they then sit down with their boyfriend or their girlfriend for the last time before they split to date other people, the other contestants, to, de to decide if they really want to be with their boyfriend or girlfriend or if they decide, you know what, this person, this other person's girlfriend is the one for me. Crazy stuff. <laughs> and they're sitting down at these little tables, and the guy says, like, well, like, we've been dating all this time, and you've never told me how you really feel about me. He's like, well, how, like, how do you really feel about me? She's like, I mean, you just have to wait and see. Like, like, the, like him giving her a ring was going to just open up the floodgates for her to tell him how she really feels about him. He said, that's crazy because I could sit right here for hours and tell you how I feel about you. And you're giving me an ultimatum. You're telling me that if I don't marry you right now and you're not even whole yourself, you're going to date these other contestants on the show? Crazy. I see how y'all looking at me. That's how we look to God. God is like, brother, I didn't, I didn't pour out my heart to you. I've sacrificed my son for you. I've shown you over and over again with a great cloud of witnesses. I've set up things and, and, and places, and I've given you this book that shows you a, a laundry list of miracle signs and wonders that I've done for not just the, your, your, your ancestors in the faith, but I've, I've shown you what I can do for your grandmother, for, for your son, for your daughter. I've, I've shown what I can do in your life, but you forgot, and you've given me an ultimatum? We look crazy to God. Only two of us gave the ultimatum. It's just me and you. We look crazy. Everybody else, they super sanctified and say, 
we've been saved all this time. Yet Jesus still says, oh, faithless generation. How long am I to bear with you? My interpretation, Jesus is like, y'all getting on my nerves. That's crazy. You study the word, and then my own disciples, earlier in Mark chapter 6, Jesus had already given the disciples uh, power over demons. So they had, they, this wasn't like they never casted demons out before. But they just didn't have the faith. They didn't have the discipline to cast this one out. We're just like this father. We're just like this father. We complain, we bicker, we cry because we're worried about tomorrow. We do all of these things. We get ourselves in debt. We, we get ourselves into relationships uh, that we should never be in because we're trying to force God to do something for us instead of just waiting on him to do it. Because when you wait on God to do it, it's going to be done the right way. I was listening to another message, and, and the pastor was talking about how when Jesus was about 12 years old, uh, he was with his, uh, his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph, and they were walking through the town, and Jesus decided that he was going to dip off into the temple. And Mary and Joseph didn't even recognize for a little while that their child was no longer with them. And the Bible says they came back, and they found him in and now, Mary, you know, Mary, she going off like a black mom. Now, boy, didn't I tell you? I told you don't leave this spot right here. Didn't I tell you? And Joseph was anything like my daddy. Boy, you going to get it. You going to get it. And Jesus says, as a 12-year-old, didn't you know I must be about my father's business? And Joseph looking at him like, hold on. I don't got no business. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't got no business. Who are you talking about? <laughs> Who are you talking about? I must be about my father's business. And the pastor said, Jesus wasn't left. He lingered. He stayed behind on purpose because he was about his father's business. On your road to purpose and destiny, it's gonna look like people are gonna leave you. It's gonna look like people have left you in the dust. And many of you, maybe you're on social media, maybe, or maybe you're on LinkedIn and you're trying to keep up with how many accolades your, your colleagues and your coworkers have underneath their, their bio and their profile and how many different high profile jobs they've had. Or maybe you're trying to keep up with your cousins, your friends on social media and you're trying to keep how many followers and how many hits their reels and their videos get. Maybe you're trying to be a TikTok star. You're always doing the latest fads and trends and fashions, but deep down in your spirit and your soul, you're like, why am I doing this? I, I, I need to be about my father's business. I recognize in this season of my life, I'm okay with being left behind because as long as I'm about my father's business, I'm going to be all right. Some of you have to be okay with being left behind by your peers. 
Because God's timeline is unlike man's timeline. When God does something, he's going to do it immediately. We've, I had to repeat it several times as we were reading the scripture. God's going to do it immediately. All throughout the gospels, anytime Jesus did something, it says immediately. And as I was studying for this word, God gave me another word that I'm going to preach probably next Sunday. And it was that I believe you're about to walk into a season of surely, immediately, and suddenly. You're about to walk into a season of your life where your faith is going to be raised up. Your faith is going to be renewed. You're going to mount up on wings like an eagle. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. I believe this is the time that believers are truly going to begin to believe who God says they are. You're not they're going to believe that the voice of the enemy and the voice of the devil who has been trying to stifle your growth. This is the time of suddenly, surely, immediately believe that God is going to do it for your life. I want your faith to be strengthened. I want your hope to be renewed I want your belief to be strong because Lord I believe but help my unbelief when God helps your unbelief you can believe and know that God is going to do it it's just a matter of time all you got to do is turn the hourglass over not the hourglass of man but the hourglass in the spirit because what God does something in the spirit it does not match up with what happens on earthly time so you just got to know when I plant the seed I'm going to reap the harvest we don't fight fair in the faith. God already won. Everything is already won. Everything is already done. You just got to get some Holy Ghost swag about yourself and say, you know what? I mean, it may not look like it right now, but you give me some time. It may not look like it right now, but you give me some time. Guess what? I'm going to walk into my victory. I'm going to walk into my season of victory. I'm going to see the manifestation of the word of the Lord over my life. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I dare about five people to stand up on your feet, put your hands together and say, Lord, I believe. I believe, but help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Help this thing that is on the inside of me that is causing me not to believe your word. Help this thing that is on the inside of me that is causing me to doubt what you've done before. We sing the song, he's still doing miracles. He's still doing it. You just got to believe that it can be done for you. You believe for everybody else. And ain't no belief left in you. I came to challenge your belief, to encourage you to believe again to encourage you to dream again. Whatever it is that God has placed on your heart, dream again, believe again. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Let me tell you how you're going to be able to do it. Let me tell you how you're going to be able to do it. Then we get down to Mark chapter 9, verse 28 29. It, the question is, why were the disciples unsuccessful? It says, and when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately. Somebody say privately. They said, um, uh, hey, Jesus. <laughs> hey, uh, I mean, I know we're in the house now, but I, I don't want this to get out. Um, you remember back in Mark chapter 6, you gave us power over these demons and these, these devils. Now, now, we didn't cast them out before, but uh, why could we not cast it out? Watch this. And he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. This kind can come out by nothing 
but prayer and fasting. Now, see, you have to you have to paint the entire picture. Jesus had just went up to the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus had been praying and fasting. Peter, James, and John had been praying and fasting. And they saw two miracles in one day. They saw Jesus transfigured with Elijah and Moses. They said his, his body began to be radiant. And his clothes were as white as, as no one could bleach them. And then they come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter don't want to go. Now, the Bible said Peter didn't want to go. And now they see a boy healed who had a mute spirit. And I came to warn you and let you know that there are certain things that you've been fighting in your life, but you've been fighting without prayer and fasting. You've been fighting to your favorite shout tracks. You turn that bump up to 165 BPM and you shouting, you just sweating all your wigs out, eyeliner just dripping down your face because you just, oh, you just, oh, you, you just shouting. You haven't opened up the Bible. You haven't decided to shut down the TV, seclude yourself, and begin to pray and fast. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, or as Bishop would say, humble themselves. That's if you're real deep. Some of us humble ourselves. Other of us, we need to humble ourselves. <laughs> we, we need to humble. Some of you need to humble yourself. Turn from your wicked ways. Some of you don't know your ways are wicked. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Some of you don't know the things that you do are contrary to your beliefs. And this is why you haven't been seeing victory in your life. You need to humble yourself. In order for God to do something for you, you always have to provide a sacrifice to him. Mmm. Some of us, it's not just food. Some of us, we can't stop watching TV. You have seen every show on Netflix, but you can't quote one Bible verse and know what book, chapter, and verse it is. The God so love the world, where is it? Uh, uh, hold on, give me one second. No. John 3.16, brother, like, everyone knows that one. The devil knows that one. Some of you consume so much media, social media, that it's hard for you to hear the, the voice of God. That's why you haven't been hearing from God, because you have all these other voices. And you're wondering why you're frustrated. Man, I ain't heard God in six months. You ain't prayed or fasted in six months. I'm talking, I'm talking about me. I'm not beating y'all. I'm talking about... And it wasn't until... I decided, you say, you know what, God, I'm, I'm going to get back to, to doing what I know I need to be doing so I can hear clear and concise what it is that you're saying, what it is that you're asking for me, because I'm asking a lot from you. But what is it that you're asking of me? 
And it isn't until we, we do what God is asking of us that God will do what we're asking of him. Mm. They couldn't cast it out because their weakness was prayer and fasting. In this season, with all the things that are going on in the world, we cannot be a people, we cannot be a church, we cannot be a body that does not fast and pray. You don't always have to wait for the church. Well, I'm, I just, I'm waiting on the church because I don't want to leave everybody in the dust. I don't want to be so spiritual and speaking in tongues everywhere I go. And the church, no, 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 we want you to, please. <laughs> leave us in the dust. We want to see what God can do through you. Because you might spark the revival that needs to be had in your community. You might spark the revival that needs to be had in your home. Your children may be waiting for you to speak into, Mama, what is that? That opens up the door for you to begin to pour into them. Oh, my God, the things of the Spirit. It isn't that prayer and fasting makes us more worthy to cast out demons. It's that prayer and fasting draws us closer to the heart of God and puts us more in line with his power. When your belief is right, your orthodoxy and orthopraxy are correct. You have the right doctrine and you have the right practice. This is why your belief has been waned and faint, and weak, and lowly. Because we got to get back to the book. We got to get back to the book. We got to be a house that prays. So right now I want you to stand to your feet. And I want you to begin to open up your mouth. We're going to begin to believe that God can do anything. We're going to believe that God can do anything. We're going to believe that God can do anything. We're going to believe that God, I'm going to keep saying it until you believe it. We're going to believe that God can do anything. He says, if you can, all things are possible to the one who what? Believes. It's not about what I can do because I can do it, but do you believe that I can do it? Anything is possible for the one who believes. So in this moment, we're going to open up our mouths. We're going to begin to pray. We're going to open up our mouths and we're going to begin to pray out loud. We're going to seek God's face because I believe that we're going to see a victory because we're going to be a church that prays. We're going to be a church that fasts. We're going to be a church that denies ourselves. We're going to be a church that says, you know what? I know what may be popular going on in Christendom, but, but prayer and fasting is popular in this house. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you begin to strengthen your people. I pray that you begin to allow their faith to rise. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that every voice that is opposing your word will be canceled out in the name of Jesus. I decree and declare that victory shall be your people's portion. I decree and declare that they shall see miracles, signs, and wonders because they believe. I decree and declare that they will begin to believe what it is that you have said about them. I decree and declare that the traumas of their past will not hinder the, the, the future that you have for them. Hallelujah. I decree and declare that the traumas of their past, some of you have been dealing with traumas that you haven't gotten over. There are traumas, there are traumatic things that happened to you in your past. You may have been touched, you may have been raped, you may have been assaulted, you may have had your uncle touch you when you were a boy and you have these feelings that you don't know how to 
deal with, I decree and declare right now in the name of Jesus that healing will be your portion, that he will begin to touch you and mend your broken heart. He will begin to give you answers to things that you had questions about. I pray right now for that young girl. You have questions in your mind. You are trying to truly believe that God is who he says he is, but you can't get over your reality of right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would make yourself more real to those who have a little belief than to those who don't. They believe, but help their unbelief. Strengthen them in their mind. Give them peace of mind. Give them the mind of Christ. Give them a fervency and a zeal and a passion to seek and study your word. God, I pray right now that these your people will be a bold people and that they will come boldly to the throne of grace to get the mercy and grace that they need. They will come boldly to the throne of grace with their sacrifice. They will come to the altar with the things that they are willing to let go of and lay down so that they can see a victory in their life. They will let go of the things that have caused them to, to be lax in their biblical studies. They will let go of the things that have held them hostage from receiving a word from God. They would let go of all voices, all entertainment, all TV shows, all music, all food, all clothing items, all idols, all celebrities, all sports athletes, all, all things that may come up in place of God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, strengthen our belief in you. Strengthen our belief in you, Father. 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 Strengthen our belief. power fall let your anointing fall as the songwriter says fight this battle for me God fight this battle for me I, I've been trying to fight it on my own without your help forgive me for being foolish God I need you to fight this battle for me and help my unbelief so I can tell all my friends what you have done God you have won you have all authority. You have all authority. You have all power. You have won the victory. Your train fills the temple. You've never lost a battle. God, you've never lost a battle. God, you've never lost a battle. God, you've never lost a battle. You've never lost a battle. You have all victory in your hands. God qualifies who he calls. You're worried because you feel like you're not good enough. If you were good enough, you wouldn't need God. You're worried because you don't think you have enough degrees. God said, if I wanted somebody educated, I wouldn't have chose you. You don't think you looked the part. God qualifies who he calls. He equips those who he chooses. He equips those who he chooses. I need you to believe that you're chosen. 
I need you to believe that you're the one. I need you to believe that God has raised you up for such a time as this. I need your faith to rise in this season. I need your, your faith to rise in this season. Some of you are frustrated with God because you feel like you should be further along. But if you, if you step into a role where you're underdeveloped, even though you're anointed for it, what should feel like a blessing will become a burden to you. So I need you to, I really need you to fast and pray. I really need you to seek his face. Because God wants to do something incredible in your life. He wants you to be the poster boy or girl. He wants you to be the poster man or woman. So when people see you, they know that God is real. When people see you, they know they're not playing. Many of you may have come to the end of yourself. Like, God, I, I can't do it anymore. God, I, I don't have the energy to fight anymore. God, I need you to take over. God, I need you to take over. Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need you. Take over as I can do it on my own. I can do it on my own. I can do it on my own. Faith or belief rather is the first principle of having faith you have to believe any great individual any great athlete any great speaker any great CEO any great leader first understood that they they had to believe in themselves and some of you don't even recognize how great you are because you don't believe what God says about you. If that's you, I want you to come to the altar right now. If you've been struggling with believing, I know you're in here. We're not going to take long. I want to pray for you. You have self-doubt. Constantly worrying, God, can I do this? Am I the right person? Are you sure it's me? I mean, I've got to feel you in this thing, but I don't, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if it's, if, if I'm the right person for this job. I don't know if I'm the right individual for this.
at the altar, I want every head bowed and stretch our hands. For those of you that are at the altar, believe it or not, I, I felt like you for a number of years. I knew I was called. I knew I was anointed. I knew I was gifted. And I would say stuff like this to God, like, God, why did you give me all of these gifts? Some of you may be even frustrated because you feel like you're gifted at so many different things and it's hard for you to choose just one. But God says, I've called you for such a time as this. You're anointed for this, but you can't do it on your own. You gotta trust me. See, the first principle of faith is belief. The second principle is trust. Trust in the Lord with all your might. Trust in the Lord with all your strength. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. You gotta trust in the Lord. You have to trust and believe. You have to trust and believe. They go hand in hand. Like two plus two equals four. Trust and belief. Trust and belief. Will help you in your walk of faith. I'm not going to lay hands on you, but I want you to lift your hands. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would raise up a boldness in them to dare to believe that what you've called them for, you have also equipped them for. You will not fail. You will not fail as long as you trust in the Lord. You will not fail. Some of you are afraid of failing. I just see it. You won't fail. You can't fail when you have God on your side. Failure is not even an option. So you can get that out of your mind right now. The spirit of failure, I bind you in the name of Jesus. You have to go. You have to let God's people go. anxiousness, anxiety, worrying about what's going to happen next. God, what's going to happen next? God, what's going to happen next? God says, worry about now. Seek my face now. Humble yourself now. Ask me for the answers now. <laughs> Get rid of all distractions now. God, I pray that you would raise up in them a boldness, a fervency, a zeal to seek your face like never before. God, I pray that you would give them dreams and visions. Yeah, yes, 
Even as the Bible says, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit. Pour out your spirit so that the sons and daughters of this altar will have dreams and visions. They will walk in their prophetic gift and calling. God, do a new thing in their life so where they can only seek your face and seek wise counsel. God, give them the strength to fight these battles with you on their side. Because God, you've already won the victory. They just have to execute their plan. Strengthen them in their heart, strengthen them in their mind. Strengthen them in their mind, Jesus. Strengthen them in their mind, Jesus. Help them make the difficult decisions. Help them make the difficult decisions to cut things off that may be latched onto them that is draining their purpose and their destiny. In the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that their faith and their belief and their trust has risen right now in the name of Jesus. And I believe because you all stepped out on faith, you're going to receive an answer to what it is that you've been praying for. You're going to receive an answer very, very soon. But you have to first sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that it is so. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. You may go back to your seats if you can. You have won again. You have won again. You have won again. You have won again. Yeah. Yes. Get that in your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you are going to have testimonies in the coming weeks about things that God did for you. I want you to begin to write them down. Journal, we need to start keeping a journal of all the things that God did so we can, when we, when we forget to remember, we can go back to that journal. Even if it's little things like, man, God, help me find the right gas station. Y'all don't believe God will do that? He, he will. God, help me find favor with the manager for this position. God, help me, help me find favor with my new boss. Help me find favor when I go to the car dealership. Help me find favor at the doctor's office. You're, you're going to receive little miracles that you used to not be grateful for. But now that you're taking account, God is going to begin to strengthen your belief. You'll begin to have a track record with God. Like David, well, I, I, I've killed the lion and the bears. Goliath is nothing. Because I have a track record with God. I've won again. Why? Because God is on my side. 
Some of you need to walk into situations and realize you, you got somebody behind you that's backing you up. You can step into the fight. I ain't scared of you. Because you may whoop me, but you ain't going to whoop him. <laughs> you have won again. If you believe that word was for you, I want you to put your hands together and give God a shout of praise. If God has strengthened your belief, if he's strengthened your faith, if he's strengthened your trust, if he's strengthened your hope, Faith is the substance. Faith is the tangible thing for the thing that we hope for. So we, you, have a you have tangible evidence for the thing that you're believing God for. It's already done. I mean, that's just been stuck in my spirit for a week since last Sunday. It's already done. That's what faith is. Faith is recognizing that it's already done. And then when you come to the realization that it's already done, why am I worried? Why am I anxious? The Bible says be anxious for nothing. If he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, how much more if he watches over every sparrow, how much more does he love you? You don't know how much God loves you. I want you to prepare your hearts to give but before we do that if there's anyone in this room or you may be watching online you haven't professed Jesus as your Lord and Savior I want you to raise your hand if you haven't professed Jesus as your Lord and Savior I want you to raise your hand I want you to raise your hand we're all saved in here but you may be watching online I want you to pray this prayer Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of saving. Rescue me from the things that I get myself into because of my sinful nature. I believe you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I believe you sent your son from heaven to earth to pay my debt, to be a sacrifice for me. I believe that he died on the cross, but he didn't stay there. He rose with all power in his hand. He took the keys from death, hell, and the grave from me. Save me. Come into my heart. Come into my life. And not just be my savior, but be my Lord. Rule my life. My life is not my own. I place it in your hands. For you are the potter, I am the clay. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, whether you're in the building, when you were watching online right now you have just become a citizen of the kingdom of God
So we are rejoicing because now you have a newfound life in Christ. Things aren't going to get easier for you. But God will give you the strength to overcome every obstacle that you may face. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward, and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.